Kiora, this program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard. Kiora, Wellington. This is Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM, and you're listening to B Side Stories, stories of the people who make Wellington tick. I'm one of your hosts today. My name's Laura. And my name's Sadie. Hey, Sadie. Hi. How long has it been since you've been in the studio? A few weeks, anyway. Oh, well, it was sometime last year, August last year. So, you know, time flies, right? I'm really looking forward to the show today. In the second half, I've got a pre-recorded interview. I sat down with some guys who make a tech podcast called Access Granted, and we had a really fun conversation that I'll play in the second half of the show. It's very meta, people who make podcasts, interviewing people who make podcasts. Who interviewing people. I'm, I know. It's like, don't think about it too much. <laughs> Excellent. Um, uh, and why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce who you've got for the first half? Sure. Well, before I talk about what, what I'm doing, did you have anything you've got coming up over the weekend or anything? Well, I've been uh, enjoying some Comedy Fest shows. Nice. Uh, I've been to a couple already, and I've got a few more this week. It's the last. It's the last week of the Comedy Fest, so now's our chance to get out and enjoy some shows. Have you? Have you got? Have you gotten out to any? I haven't managed to. I've gone as far as you know, saying interested on Facebook to a few things. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what'll happen? I'm spontaneous. <laughs> I love that. Um, go ahead and be cool. spontaneous. All right. So what I've got coming up is in. Um, Queen's birthday weekend, which is only a couple of weeks away now, is WellyCon, which is something that my family tries to go to most years. Um, it's New Zealand's largest board game convention. It's grown from 20 gamers getting together in 2008 to an event involving over 400 people. Today I've got two of the organisers here, Nigel McNaughton and C.D. Doyle. Um, can you guys, first of all, maybe just tell me a little bit about yourselves and how you came to be involved with WellyCon? Sure. Um, so uh, I'm CD, and uh, that's like compact disc for those who are um, unsure, because I get Chloe and all sorts of things. Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> so I, I've been a board game fan for uh, years, and so I went along to WellyCon as an attendee, and that was they were probably about their third or fourth time they'd run it, and they only had about, um, as you say, about sort of. 20, 30 people the first time, and then um, by the time I'd got there, there were probably about 50 people going. Um, and I, uh, one of my fortes is organising stuff, so I said to the guy who was organising, do you need any help? Are you, you know, how are you, how are you going? And he said, yeah, I'd love some help. So, um, so they ended up with a group of four of us who were kind of the core um uh, initial founders, and then um, it went on from there. So I just grew and grew. Yeah, mine's a little bit more recent. Um, probably about six, five or six years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it was still at the Massey Student Union Building, um, and probably close to a hundred people at the time when that was. So it was just one of those ones. It's like, do you need volunteers? So we'll, you know, come along on Friday evening to set up all the tables and shift everything around, and just sort of grow that. You know, CD was started organising a bit more and more and sort of, okay, who wants to be a permanent member of actually organising this on a, on a more regular basis? And so I just, I've tagged along since then for a few years now. How many volunteers do you have these days? Well, there's, 
eight, uh, nine of us in the core committee, and then we have a pool of sort of between 30 and 50 people who help on the day, as it were. And they do everything from being on reception and um, when people walk in the door, taking the money and helping them um, get the layout of the land. And then we have people who are, um, their job is just helpers. They just wander around and help people who are looking like they're a bit lost. They don't know what kind of games they might be interested in. And then finding other people who are lost and getting them all together. You know, why don't you folks go play together? <laughs> over there. <laughs> um, yeah, I really love the vibe that it's got that kind of, you know, we're all just kind of hanging out and helping each other. If you want somebody, need an extra person for a game, you just put a little flag on your table. and Yeah, that was an idea I stole. Right. <laughs> I stole it off another um, board game convention up in Auckland, and um, I went to one there, and uh, they, I said, oh, that's a great idea, can I borrow that? And they were like, oh, yeah, sure, go for it. <laughs> so we have two sets of flags, as you say. One, if, you're, if you've got a spare space, if you're playing a, you know, a four-player game, but you've only got two people and you want another couple of players, then there's a little man and you stick that on your table and hopefully some will come and play um, or if you're wanting to try a game but you're not very sure about the rules you can put up the question mark flag and um, put that on your table and hopefully somebody will see it who does know that game and then they can just give a, give you a quick five minute overview because mm. yeah. you don't need to be a gaming expert to go along do you? No, no. <laughs> no not at all <laughs> in fact I mean, we encourage you know families to come along and try things out so it's mm. certainly part of their what we're going for is to have new people to join up and find enjoy the hobby. Yeah, the the byline we have for for the event is the uh, the biggest fun friendly board game convention in New Zealand because it's really important to us that it's fun and it's friendly and that's the vibe that um, I've been so touched and and really proud of um, somebody who I spoke to only a few weeks ago and I said oh you know. Um, are you coming to Wellicon? They said, yep, I'm definitely coming. When we came last year, she, I brought my son, she said, and his son was about 10 or 13, 10 or 11, and she said um, it was so great because it was just totally unageist, and I didn't get what she was talking about, but what she was meaning was when her son was wandering around, people would just say, hey, do you want to come and play with us? You know, And they're, they're just you know, adults who are playing game and they just need a spare player, so they just grab him because he's free. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I love the kids' table, and you know, well, I guess that was the entry point for us was bringing the kids down and getting on the kids' area, and people were helping them to learn how to play, and they met some other kids who were into games. And mm. uh, but um, now we're up for the whole weekend and a bit more hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you, Sadie? Do you join in play as well? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, we. Um, we won a family tournament last time, ah. but Whoa. I think mainly because cool. not many people entered. <laughs> <laughs> they were too scared of it. Right. <laughs> Do you, um, Nigel, maybe you can tell us what's your favourite bit of the weekend. Oh, I think it's, for me, it's meeting people who, um, it's, it's one of those annual events, so there's always the faces that you see come back to each event. So I've got you know friends from out of town, Palmerston North, for instance, and they'll always come down for WellyCon. So it's one of those ones where you see your, it's the annual meeting of friends that you um, don't see on a weekly or monthly basis, but they'll they'll make the pilgrimage pilgrimage down to Wellington and uh, join in in the fun. Um, so that's that's probably my yeah meeting up with the friends and catching up with people who I haven't seen in a while and just over a, a fun game. Mm-hmm. And- 
So Adrienne, who's also on the committee, she's um, she's kind. I kind of consider her my. The two of us really uh, took over the running of the um, of the event, and she's very much the people person. And she's like the whole point of WellyCon is that you come and you find some new friends, and you you go away with someone else that you can play games with, which is fantastic. That could be the problem, can it? If you're into games, you've got your six-player game and there's four of you and it's like you've got to find someone else. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what else for, for those who haven't been before? What are some of the other things? And, and actually even for me, because there's always seems to be a lot going on. Um, what are some of the other things that do happen over that Wellicon weekend? Well, we've got like a mega game and that's literally a game that's going to be all day on Saturday. Yeah, it's um, 40 people, 50 people playing a game. Yeah. So if you don't want to play one of your little small games, that's just, you know, for an yeah, hour or two. small four-hour game. Yeah, yeah. You, could, <laughs> you could find something that's going to be all day. Um, yeah. And we also have a designer panel. Um, Shem uh, Phillips, who's a, a local designer, is going to be hosting a, a designer panel. He's, um, I'm not sure what the time is on that. It's I think it's about 2 on the Saturday. Um we haven't done that for a few years. We did, did it about five years ago. Um, but we thought honouring honoring Shem because he was nominated for the Spiel de Jar, which is the international game of the year. Um, he's he's only local. He's a local guy from Capity, you know. So yeah, to to celebrate him and um, to give people some chance to ask questions and things, we thought we'd run a panel. So we've got several game designers um, from different uh, organisations here in New Zealand. Um, who are going to be open for questions and come right. in and yeah. The kids that was on it later, when are we making a game? I'm like, ooh, it might be quite hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, one of the new things we added this year is the black tires and board games. Oh on, yeah. On Friday night. Ah. <laughs> so um, there's a a twist on things to do a, a, a sort of more formal event on on a Friday evening um, at Thistleland. So it's uh, dress up to the nines um, and uh, and play games while um, in informal dress and, yep. and dining. We, uh, Thistle and uh, making like a, a cool uh, tapas menu so it's lots of little plates so you can continue playing your game and not be interrupted by your dinner plate. So you just sort of sit it on the side there and yeah, it's going to be really cool. <laughs> yep, so there's a, a new idea. That's the that's first time for this year we've done that. Mm. And for the second time, we're doing a, a late night Saturday session because it, it sold out last year. It was very popular, so people, you know, ten a.m. to ten p.m. a day is not enough for some people. <laughs> so some people are going to stay, you know, pretty much through the through the evening and into the, into Sunday, and just keep going. It's uh, wow. So we, we've bumped up the numbers for that because it was uh, extremely it's popular. popular. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, do people just have a little doze on the floor? Or? Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Yeah, yeah. There's there's like a, a room with lots of couches, and I'm sure they're being used. <laughs> yep. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, of course, there's the family session on Sunday, which is obviously families are welcome all the time, but we do have sort of a, a dedicated time where we have some events planned that are specifically targeted towards you know younger children and families and things. And this, mm-hmm. That's on the Sunday around lunchtime. Yeah, um, 10 till 12, and um, Adrienne runs that session, and very much part of her philosophy is actually um, we have a bunch of kids that are um, 
gamers kids and they're really proficient and so we actually get the kids teaching the kids because uh, you know they have a different feel and, a, and, a, and an enthusiasm that that uh, get, comes across when you know when new kids are, are trying it out for the first time so it's a bit more um, approachable I guess and accessible that's yeah. actually really great because it means the adults can go off and play an adult game. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. The kids are up there taking care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's all good. Um, so you were talking about um, Shem, what's his last name? Phillips. 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 Yes. Yeah, so mm-hmm. was he going up for that award for Raiders of the North Sea? Yes, yeah. So um, he's done a trilogy of games, so three in a row that kind of tell a story um, and it's a Viking saga story. Uh, so um, the initial one was Shipwrights of the North Sea, where you were building ships and um, sending your crew off in these ships. And then the second one was the Raiders of the North Sea, where your ships are then going off to raid the, the foreign land. Um, what's the third one? I think Raiders is the third one, isn't it? Explorers? Is it? Oh, Explorers, Explorers, right. And then Raiders. Um, so it's really cool. Um, and And I think he's... Because he's sort of done three in a row, it's built his uh, reputation and his skills as well because you can certainly see an evolution in the games. The the first one is a little bit more simpler and then they get more complex and interesting as they as they go on. So, Have either yeah. of you ever made a game? Probably not for 20-plus years. <laughs> I, definitely as a kid, you know, you've certainly... Um, I remember as a, at an aunt's house um, building little arts and crafts projects and things and remember racetracks and with little magnetic spaceships and you know paper oh, clips cool. and magnets and things and um but you know long time ago oh, you know back in back good. in primary yeah, school yeah. you know but but nothing, <laughs> but nothing recently not since a bit getting back into games and mm. more modern games like this no. yeah um and on the same I, I actually did make a game when i was a kid and I remember it well, and you know, me and my brother used to play it from time to time. Um, but no, I mean, we've I've, we've both got friends who are tinkering all the time. They have, you know, my friend Craig has this table that's always covered in bits. You know, he's got pieces and tokens that he's taken out of other games that he's using to to make this new mechanic of some sort. Um, and we've played a few test runs of some things that he's come up with. Yeah, whenever you go to his place, you're always liable to end up part of a, a test of, you know, <laughs> for a play test of something. Absolutely. He's, yeah, that's, some people certainly always just have that creative spark to be mm. able to have something coming out all the time. There's so many aspects to it. You know, there's the sort of mathematical side of it and making the mechanics work and then there's the artistic mm. side and the storytelling and narrative. Yep. Yeah. And it's all got to hang together because, mm. you know, we can all criticise a game where, um, the, you know, the mechanics kind of work, but it's ugly or um, mm. it's a beautiful game. But when you play it, it's disappointing because it doesn't quite work. There's something out of line. Um, so, you you know, getting that balance right is really quite tricky. Um, it yeah. sort of feels like there's so many games out there now. You know, do you, are you still surprised by new games that come out? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, the more recent one is um, Sagrada, which is a game where you're rolling dice and, and very pretty dice, and then you're forming, using those dice to form a stained glass window. And it's just, it's just a simple game and a simple concept, but nobody's ever thought of doing that before. You know, using taking dice. dice and making a, a mm. nice, you know, pretty picture out of it. It's like, wow. <laughs> 
And will that be cool. there? Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. I guarantee that one will be there. It, it sold out last year. It was just uh, they got a few because we have two um, two stalls who sell games at the event, um, and they they just totally sold out of those. And we can't get them at the moment. The the print run because it was a Kickstarter, it, it, the print run stopped and they, they sold all of the, the ones that were available because it was so successful, they, they did another print run. So, yeah, that's right. Um, and I'm looking forward to the... It's only a four-player, and I'm looking forward to the expansion, which will make it up to six players. So mm. that'll be good. Oh, it's such a huge deal now, games. I mean, I just remember when really there was Monopoly, which just led to people cheating and being horrible, and <laughs> there was Game of Life, which is a bit weird. <laughs> um, yep, you know, mouse trap. That was about it. Yeah, and so now mouse, mouse trap was my game. Yeah. True yeah. mouse trap. Yeah. Pluto. Yeah, yeah, Pluto is probably the most exciting one there was. Mm. But I went down to Counterculture the other day, which is for those who don't know a um, board game cafe in Wellington, where you can go along, pay five dollars, and sit there all day and play board games. Um, and it was absolutely packed, and. The tables even had bookings all on them all for later on, and I just thought, wow, what's going on here? I mean, how do you think this has happened? I I was blown away by the success of Counterculture. He basically, it opened last year during Wellingcon, actually, Mm. was when he started up uh, Counterculture, and it just hit the ground running and has been an amazing success. As you said, it's almost surprising. I mean, just that there is actually a real hunger out there it, it's hard. Sometimes you don't see it when you're in your little small groups. Mm. Um, but when a, a new resource comes along, people just leapt on it. And, yeah, mm. it's been there, – there's real interest in gamers out there. Uh, my friend Paul has a theory that we can support Wellington for many, many years, could only support two-thirds of a board game shop because we'd have one for a couple of years and then it would die and there'd be a blank and then a new one would start up and we'd have it for a year or two and it would die and it was a real shame. Um, But since, uh, I guess it's like two or three years ago, we had at the same time several open and um, they've all survived and they're still going strong and so there's just been this huge... um, you know, wave of people who are interested, wanting to try it. Um, I have theories. I have a theory that um, if you think about the kind of people that are having a bit more leisure time these days, your, your baby boomers are retiring and, and that kind of thing, and you look at the kind of hobbies that are becoming the more um, popular ones, you've got things like knitting. Knitting's come back. You know, what's that about? Um, and then last year at Christmas, it was all about the, the adult colouring books, you know, um, selling those, you know, going hot out the press at work calls, um, and board games. And it's kind of harking back to the times that when you're growing up and you had time and you would do things like that, that would be your hobbies. And now that that generation has a bit more time, they're starting to revive it again and teach the next generation what's what's up and what's it about, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. That's my theory. (laughs) What's the difference between a video game and a board game? I mean, aside from the obvious, one's Mm. on Italian, one isn't. But, you know, culturally and experience. That's actually one of the things that people suggest has, has boosted the growth of board games. It used to be that video games were something that you would sit on a couch, group of people would sit on a couch and play Board ga- uh, video games, mm. um, but video games have moved away from that social 
lounge experience to a more solitary experience in the lounge. Um, you're still playing multiple multiplayer games, but of people in different houses or across the country or across the internet. Um, and so, so that social experience has sort of migrated to board games. And that has now gives you that group of people around a table having a social experience together. Um, so a family social experience or, you know, just friends coming around for an evening social experience. So it's, I think actually that, that change is part of what has you know, fit into the growth of board games is the way computer games have moved away from it. So it's like a vacuum that board games have been able to grow and, and right. fill in. So people want to hang out together and yeah, play well, together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> certainly, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when one opportunity goes away, something else sort of mm. moves into it. Mm. It's almost too late. You search for games by author as well in the same way you would have looked for a director of a film or the author of a book. Mm-hmm. In a particular, authors are popular, and so yes, oh, that's quite that's interesting true. too. There's some. I mean, the the vast majority of games come out from Germany. They have a, a, a huge wave. So a lot of the really successful designers are actually German um, designers. And there's you know the, the name that leaps to the top of my head is Rainer Knietzsche, mm. which is you know they're very. Um, he's got lots and lots of games that he's developed over the years. And um, yeah, you can if you like one of those, then you're more likely to like similar ones that he's done. And of course, Shim, you know the local yep. the local guys. Absolutely, it's um, <laughs> definitely at a point now where we have you know named games, named designers, and so you do look out for your favourite designers and mm-hmm. what are they releasing this mm-hmm. month? Are there other New Zealand up and coming designers? Uh, well, Cheeky Parrot Games are quite. Um, they they have developed their own games in the past, but what they're doing also now is is um, working with designers who are trying it out, like we you know just mentioned before, just trialing things at home. And once they've got a bit of an idea together, they'll um, work alongside with them and um, help get that to a point where you can actually sell it as a game. So um, they they've been quite good in promoting or ideas in in amongst the game designers. Um, who else would you say? Well, we've got, we've got I mean, Weta, Weta Workshops have been making the GKR, which is the... Giant killer heavy, robots. Giant killer robot heavy hitters. Yeah. yeah. Um, they just so, launched their first game through Weta. So, oh, right. so they're, they're getting their toes into it. They actually um, didn't realise they were getting involved with that. Too. Yeah. yeah. And oh, I understand in the past they've actually... Um, they were... Uh, if you know the movie Labyrinth which is a very famous David Bowie in it, um, they actually got the rights to make the board game of Labyrinth as well. Um, but that I haven't heard much about it other well, than it's going to be popular. hearing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Do you think that um, Wellingtonians in particular are into board games, or is it the whole of New Zealand, the whole world? It's the whole world, honestly. Um, I think within New Zealand, Wellicon has become the, the, uh, the iconic... Um, one to go to in terms of conventions um, but there's conventions actually running up and down the country all the time mm. so yeah um, and we also run Wellington on board as a meetup group here and if you go there you can find out all the stuff that's going on around Wellington around board games cool so, so that's something to look up um, Wellington on board is that on Facebook uh, it's a meetup group so meetup.com okay yeah. cool and I know that Wellicon's on Facebook and obviously we'll post a link to that yes. on the B-side site mm. um, so if anyone's Great. keen to go along, you can definitely still get tickets 
Definitely. Pretty much yes. right up yep. to the day, even if you're yeah, on the lots day, of space absolutely. in there. Yep. Yep. Even though you've got over 400 people, there's lots of space. Yes. <laughs> we had 500 last year, so we're expecting more this year. So Wellington Girls <laughs> College again? Yeah, yep. yep, so Wellington Girls College in Thorndon, um, just near the, the New World Supermarket. And what I really love too is that you had a thing for if people would love to come but can't afford it, there's a few tickets available. Yeah, because we're about community, we're about fun and friendly um, and so we know that there are people who are in hardship and they would love to come but maybe they can't come with the family, you know, they can come on their own but then what's the fun in that? So um, people get nominated and um, they get in touch with us and then we uh, just have a bit of a chat with them and then basically we give them free tickets. So. <laughs> and kids are free anyway with parents, which is brilliant, mm-hmm. um, just to get them hooked early yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, right. so really looking forward to it. Queen's birthday weekend. Cool. Cool. Thanks very much for coming yeah. in, guys. You're Thank welcome. You. Yeah, Thank that you. sounds awesome. That program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks, New Zealand On Air, for funding the Access Internet Radio Project.